The Tampa Bay Buccaneers move to eight and three and are keeping themselves in the race for the number one seed in the NFC. And they now have a relatively commanding lead in the NFC South following a huge road victory against the Indianapolis Colts where they had to come from 10 points behind at halftime and they escape with a 38 to 31 win on the back of Lucas Oil Lenny and a very opportunistic defense. All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure that you are subscribed over at the YouTube page. We appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore nation yeah once again bucks nation we appreciate you making the locked on bucks podcast your first listen or view every day and your tampa bay buccaneers defeating the indianapolis colts 38 to 31 in indianapolis to uh to win their eighth game of the season on the road i think that's the most important part of this james is on the road we've all we've all basically said it right the buccaneers are a different team at home than they are on the road but i mean as much as and i told bo brock this on the lot on nfl uh, show so if if you want to hear more about this game go to locked on nfl podcast today and i'm on there with bo talking about this win i think every nfl team every sports team really kind of says like oh they're better on the road than they are at home or they're better at home than they are on the road for what for whatever reason this team isn't just better at home this is a jekyll and hyde situation yes. and for those who aren't familiar jekyll's the good guy so jekyll is the buccaneers at home and the buccaneers on the road for some reason are mr hyde and mr hyde loves nothing more than three and outs for, for some reason. Uh, the Buccaneers starting off the game with a three and out. The Indianapolis Colts giving the Buccaneers the ball after winning the coin sauce. And that's not the insult it used to be, right? Back in like the 90s, that was almost a slap in the face to give you the ball first. Mm-hmm. I think now that's just common practice. So it's it's one thing. But going three and out basically just falls right into the Colts' hands. They turn some of those opportunities into three points. By the time we hit halftime, James, you mentioned the comeback there in the, in the cold open. 24-14, the Colts are all over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and I'll be honest, I was in a private DM with some friends of mine talking about it. If the Colts come out of the second half with that first possession to put points on the board, this game might be over. And it looked like they were actually going to do that. They were driving down the field, but then a turnover happens. The Buccaneers get the ball back. They get 24-21. They get the ball back on another turnover. It's 28-24. They get the ball back again. It's 31-24. Next thing you know, it's 38-31. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, do things a little bit differently, James. I want to start at the end of this game. The Indianapolis Colts, their final scoring drive of the game. A lot of running, right? You were there. You saw it. A lot of running. A lot of Jonathan Taylor happening. Six minutes and 37 seconds. Ten plays, 75 yards. They drive down the field. They leave three and a half minutes on the clock. Now, when that happened, and I can't remember how I framed the tweet, but I basically tweeted, that was the worst thing the Colts could have done in that situation is score tie the game. That's the good news. The bad news is you just left three and a half minutes on like probably, probably one of the best four minute offense quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. We already know he's the greatest of all time period. But when you talk about quarterbacks that run a four minute offense, 
Tom Brady might be one of the best in history to run a four-minute offense. You literally left him three and a half minutes to run a four-minute offense. And what does he do? He, on the back of Lombardi or uh, uh, Lucas Oil Lenny, leaves you less than 29 seconds, less than 30 seconds on the clock with one timeout to try to tie the game after putting up a touchdown. Do you think that, among other possible Colts coaching decisions that could be talked about, and I'm sure they are on the Locked on Colts podcast, uh, was was a bad move? Or do you think you would have done a similar type of thing if you were the Indianapolis Colts? I think if you're the Colts in that situation, you had had such a bad second half. You you had five possessions. Four of those resulted in the Buccaneers getting the ball in one way or another, whether it was a yeah. takeaway or a punt. Yeah. You wanted to put yourself in a position where at least you had a chance. So I think to them, they weren't going to worry about how much time was on the clock. They knew they needed to get the ball uh, or, or they needed to get in the end zone and at least give themselves an opportunity to send it into overtime. The defense had played well. You know, it was a matter of the Bucks defense was opportunistic and created opportunities for the Bucks offense. Oh. And I think the Colts were so worried about making sure they were stopping the, the big guys on the outside and Godwin and Evans, who did not have a great game that, Gronk took advantage. We talked about that being a probability, but you know the Colts are a good run defense, and mm -hmm. Lenny and Rojo just absolutely shredded them because they were so worried about Tom Brady is not going to beat us. Somebody yeah. else has to beat us. Well, somebody else did, and I will say real quick before I kick it back over, I, I'm going to pat myself. Johnny on the spot. <laughs> as soon as Jonathan Taylor scored that touchdown, I bust out my phone. I zoom in. On mm -hmm. the Bucks bench, Tom Brady's like this. Ah, nice head down on the bench, Brady. And and I tell Beckett, Brady's got his head down. And Beckett had made best friends with the Colts fan sitting next to him. And, and Beckett looks at this guy and he goes, Brady's got his head down on the bench. And the Colts fan goes, I knew it. Too much time. We're toast. <laughs> you gotta um, love it. It was fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, you know, again, and you talk about that 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 tough Colts defense and, and that run defense. Uh, Leonard Fournette finishes with 17 carries for 100 yards. Rojo adds 37 yards on seven touches. Both of them find the end zone. Three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns for Leonard Fournette. One rushing for Ronald Jones. Chris Godwin had a three-yard uh, end-around sweep run, uh, depending on what was number four? Uh, Leonard Fournette touchdowns. Well, three rushing touchdowns is what right, I said. But yeah, three rushing. We're 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 getting there, James. We're getting to the, we're getting to the passing game. Chris Godwin had an end around that I swear every Green Bay Packers fan has PTSD about seeing Chris Godwin run an end around. Tom Brady two carries for two yards, and then in the passing game, James Tom Brady two hundred twenty six yards, one touchdown, one interception. Leonard Fournette a touchdown reception, giving him four for the game, and then Rob Gronkowski. I mean, right on cue, seven catches, a hundred and twenty. Three yards. I mean, Gronk and Brake combined for 147 yards on 11 yeah. catches. The tight ends playing a huge role in this game, as did the running backs, which, you know, if you've got Chris Godwin or Mike Evans on your fantasy roster, obviously you're not going to be happy about it. But if you're a Buccaneers fan in general, you're going to be very happy about that, James. Yeah, absolutely. I had uh, Brady and Godwin on my fantasy team, and I went against Leonard Fournette. Not nearly as upset about that as I was going against Jonathan Taylor last week. But... Sure. Uh, you know, it, that's just something that's familiar to me is going up against the number one running back of the week. Something else that is probably familiar to all of our listeners is that we've got one device that lets us catch the game live. 
another that lets us stream our favorite shows, watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in to watch that Beatles Get Back documentary that is just wow, oh so fantastic. But we want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. And it's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. The best part is that there's no annual contract. You can get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible service, compatible device required. Content varies by package. Segment two here of a victory Monday episode of the Locked On Bucks. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your eighth victory day of the year because some of them are friday some are tuesday some are monday but your eighth victory celebration of the 2021 nfl season and more to come thank you again for making the lockdown bucks podcast first listen or your first view every day james jarco david harrison on twitter at jr corners or bucks at d harrison 82 at lockdown bucks james we got some fans some bucks fans that want to join in on the celebration so let's kick it on over to greco greco david james is greco Man, Leonard Fournette, what can you say? 20 seconds left in the game. Bucks are going to win this. Wow, what a way to keep it together and come back. I was down on them in the first, big time, but how about a nice comeback? And they just returned the ball very far. Well, to be continued. David James is Greco with a follow-up. We won the game! Yay! Almost losing it completely. Hey man, Leonard Fournette. He's the player of the game. Give a little love to the defense for coming through in the end there. All right, boys. Let me hear what you got to say. Go Bucks. That was the best voicemail of all time. Because all I could do, it took me back. You know, we're, you know, Beckett and I are jumping up and down in our seats. We're all excited. Tons. I mean, tons of Buccaneers fans in there. I don't know if that showed up on TV. There was a whole lot of red and pewter jerseys in there. There were a lot of Bucs fans around us. So everybody's jumping up and down and screaming. And then all of a sudden, you hear like the Bucs fans going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And then just kind of a gradual rise in excitement from all the Colts fans around. Made, Made the end of the game very exciting, but a little bit stressful for everybody. Right. Um, but yeah, that was, that could not have been more perfectly timed by, by <laughs> well done, sir. Yeah. And for those who don't know, for whatever reason, that was, uh, basically as Greco is calling his celebratory voicemail in before the end of the game, uh, Isaiah Rogers, I think is his first name. Isaiah Rogers for the Indianapolis Colts sure. returns the ensuing kickoff from what ended up being the game winning touchdown by Leonard Fournette, uh, his fourth of the game, James, um, he returned the kickoff 72 yards to the Tampa Bay 32, uh, giving the Indianapolis Colts what, I think 19 seconds left on the clock with one timeout and uh, 32 yards to go. So, I mean, it definitely made the end of the game interesting. Something that also made the uh, the entire game interesting, James, was uh, the execution of the offense at times, or the lack thereof, and the execution of the defense at times, or lack thereof. Um, definitely some some stretches here in this game where there was not complimentary football, right? The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, held the Indianapolis Colts offense to three points for, what, the first quarter and a half or so of the game. During that stretch, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
couldn't really do anything offensively. In fact, the three points that, that the defense gave up technically really a result of the offense for going three and out and then a very bad punt from Bradley Pinion followed on by a penalty that base that gave the Indianapolis Colts their first drive of the game starting on the Tampa Bay 30. So, I mean, if you come up with anything less than a field goal, then you've obviously failed. So really, I don't necessarily hang those three points on the defense. They will officially count against the defense, of course. But for what it's worth, from a moral standpoint, I don't put that on the defense. Let's let's talk first half here because uh, I got a lot of tweets. I'm sure Bucks Nation's account got a lot of tweets. I tweet now from Locked On Bucks and my personal account during game days because I don't know. I'm insane and I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, I got a lot of comments on both sides, James. That the scheme, and, and honestly, it was it was scheme this and scheme that and coach this and coach that. And I don't agree with every call that that has been made, right? And I don't think there's ever going to be a coach or a coordinator that calls a game that we're all going to completely follow over ourselves and say that was just a perfect game. But from your from your vantage point, offensively and defensively, were the struggles a scheme problem, a play calling problem, especially on the offensive side of the ball, right? Play calling problem, or was it a player execution problem? Um, honestly, I think it was a little bit of of all. Yeah, you can't say it was both. You have to pick uh, a side here, James. Right? Yeah, this, I, I will. This is Hatfield and McCoy's. Which one are you? I will. Um, I think what a lot of it was is. You have to give credit to, uh, speaking of the offensive side of the ball, you have to give a lot of credit to the Colts defense. Like I mentioned in the first segment, they wanted to force Tom Brady to, or they wanted to force somebody other than Tom Brady to beat them. So in early in the game, it seemed like there was there was a lot of miscommunication. It seemed like Brady was rushing quite a few passes. I There were yeah. opportunities, you know, Beckett and I are sitting there going, you got Godwin wide open. You got Evans wide open, and he's checking it down to Lenny, or he's checking it down to to Gronk, and and that worked well. But it it seemed like it it took a huge momentum shift for uh, from the defense for the offense to really start to get on track. So I think they were trying to figure out what they could get away with. Uh, based on on what Indianapolis's defense was doing, mm-hmm. and it just created a really really slow start. Instead of going out there and saying, you know what, my guys can beat your guys. Evans can beat Rocky Sin or or Xavier Rhodes, and Chris Godwin's going to beat any human that you put across from him. And our offensive line is going to open up holes. They were. It, it seemed like they were a little timid, and I think that played into the play calling and in the execution of the players, which just wasn't there early in the game but i would say if i if i have to pick one uh i would say the execution by the players more so just because it seemed like they took too long to get a feel for the game yeah exactly and that and that's kind of my point there it it, this game and not every game right but this game specifically the problem from where i sat was the execution on the field and you go back to that very first drive you go back to the ball that was tipped broken up that was intended for rob gronkowski that was uh, one of the kind of the one of the first close calls before Tom Brady had another close call and then an actual interception. Mm-hmm. Um, if Tom Brady puts that ball over the defenders and basically tries to drop it in over Gronk's shoulder, that's a first down, and, yeah. and it's not a three and out. That's a first down. But instead, he tries to throw it on a rope for whatever reason, or maybe he just short clawed it. I don't. I don't know what what happened with the mechanics there, but for whatever reason, Tom Brady tried to fire it into Gronk instead of throwing it over the defenders. Maybe just didn't see them. Whatever it is. That's the reason that play didn't work out. Like the like the plays were there. You go back to the play before that one, the second down pass that was incomplete. Mike Evans is there. He just doesn't get his head around uh, early enough and, and not for nothing. But, you know, I love Mike just as much as anybody else does. We've seen that before. And then you flip around to the defensive side of the ball. 
Antoine Winfield Jr. I love him to death, but he breaks on on a on a on a middle crossing route when he's got the deep zone coverage. It's man coverage all ahead of him. He's got the deep zone. He's the single high safety. Nothing is supposed to get behind you. What does he do? He gets sucked in to the quarterback's eyes. He gets sucked into the route. That's one of the things that makes him so exciting to watch. So I know I'm not necessarily trying to criticize it, but on that play, if he stays in his deep zone, if he stays and keeps the deep guy in front of him the way he's supposed to, that touchdown pass doesn't happen. Maybe they get a big completion underneath of it, granted, but that's the purpose of zone coverage is keep stuff in front of you. Don't let guys get behind you, and then you go into some of the other passes to the tight ends, especially a touchdown pass to Jack Doyle uh, there for the Indianapolis Colts. And what happens is the defender, I can't remember exactly who the defender was anymore. I want to say it was Kevin Mincer. I could be wrong on that, though. Uh, no, it was Anthony Nelson. Anthony Nelson is dropping back, which I get. Why is Anthony Nelson in pass coverage anyway? Look, he plays the position. He plays in the scheme. He needs to be able to execute his job if he's going to play on the field. He doesn't get deep enough. Sean Murphy bunting is the guy on the screen. So what does everybody see? Number 23 and a touchdown is happening. But in reality, Anthony Nelson, way too shallow in his zone, doesn't defend uh, that deep part of his zone with the tight end there. And that's why they give up the touchdown. So again, to me, it's the execution of the scheme, less the actual scheme. Now, where I did get a little annoyed, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is when they kept going with the zone and the soft zone coverage, James. I'm sure you were getting yeah. there too, but it wasn't all bad. There was a lot of good. So let's get to some of that good. Let's also hear from another Buccaneers fan. Fire the cannons, boys. Bucks win. I got Troy, Hank, and Nash here. What do you say, guys? Tampa! 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 All right. Boy, that was a nail biter there toward the end. Uh, what it came about was I didn't really like the play call in the beginning and Vita Vea loses a tooth. That was crazy. And who would have thought playoff Lenny would show up like he did today? Or Lombardi Lenny, I guess. But, uh, with the four touchdowns, that is amazing. But anyway, fellas, we got a cannon to fire. Congratulations, uh, to James and his son, they got to witness the victory there at the stadium. That's awesome, guys. Go Bucks! Fire the cannons! All right, Matt, appreciate that victory Monday voicemail. And, of course, the video that they put together, James, that I'm sure you saw and your son saw. Uh, very, very good stuff there. You know what else is good? Cyber Monday. Victory Monday is Cyber Monday. It's the best Monday of the year. It can only be made better if Super Bowl Sunday came right before Cyber Monday, but that's a whole different story. Built.com, though is going to be the place that you need to aim your mouse to get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy over at built.com. That's 20% off site-wide and even, big, even bigger discounts on built boost, broth, and built swag. If you want to represent the brand of the best tasting protein bar on the market, a brand new built bar flavor has landed just in time for Cyber Monday. It's caramel almond delight. I had one of those over the weekend. It's pretty delicious, I got to say, and it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful, double check. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. The best part about it, they only pack 150 calories and they have 17 grams of protein. And this season, maybe you're craving white chocolate. For you white chocolate lovers, there's a new special Built Bar Puff flavor. White chocolate cheesecake, the yummy protein treat filled with marshmallowy center, covered in white chocolate, 140 calories in that bad boy, 17 grams of protein. Tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar Get to Built.com for these incredibly tasting new bars and 20% off everything. Head to Built.com. Enter the promo code LOCKED20 for 20% off site-wide before it's too late. Well, we hope all of you had an absolutely fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. But with Thanksgiving weekend comes what? 
Thanksgiving leftovers, some delicious turkey sliders, and nothing's going to go better with that than football and betting. Bet online. Yeah. Bet online has you covered all holiday season. Uh, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on. Again, promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to receive your 50% welcome bonus. And it's not just football, Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC. Even casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Wrapping things up here on a Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks at DHarrison82. Real quick, I do want to touch on the defense because I, I didn't get a chance to the last segment. And the only thing I really want to mention was what a huge difference it was between the first and second half when Devin White left the game and Devin White came back to the game. And that's nothing against mm -hmm. Kevin Minter at all. Mm -hmm. I thought Kevin Minter played really, really well. But Devin White provides that little bit of a spark, that little bit of something special. That's why he was a top five pick. And you could see the difference in the way that defense performed once Devin White made it back onto the field. And I think that was a huge part of why the defense was able to turn around and create some of those takeaways because that's another weapon for the Buccaneers out there on the defensive side of the ball, Jonathan Taylor didn't have a carry from six minutes left in the first half until into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like that's so huge. Crazy. That is huge. So with that in mind, we're going to take a look, David, at our plays of the game. And I'm going with the Shaquille Barrett strip sack and recovery. Mm -hmm. The Indianapolis Colts received the ball to open the second half they have an opportunity to make it a two-score game go up by as much as as uh or i'm sorry make it a three-score game yeah. if they score a touchdown they're already up 24 to, to 14 they're marching down the field it looked like the wheels were about to completely come off here comes shaq barrett strip sack recovers the ball the bucks are able to march down the field put points on the board and that was a massive turning point and real quick my bold prediction i said three takeaways and five sacks i got those flippity flopped yeah it, it was it was five and three the other way which we'll, we'll take any any week that we can get it we'll take exactly that because i mean my play of the game uh i mean full disclosure the shack berry strip sack is the play of the game because like you said if the colts go in there and score the next time they're getting the ball even if the buccaneers come back and match that score they're, they're turning to the ground game. They're turning to the quick pass game. They're going to start to try to melt the clock. The game takes on an entirely different feel to it. But because of that strip sack and because of the touchdown that the Buccaneers put on, the Indiana, and Indianapolis Colts, essentially, you start playing like you're from behind because of reputation. And I noticed it during the broadcast, James. Everybody kept talking about this vaunted Tampa Bay defense, this tough Tampa Bay defense, this one of the best defenses in the National Football League. But we know... And Buccaneers fans know that really for the last three, four handful of weeks, even this really hasn't been one of the better defenses in the National Football League. Now, there's injury due to that. There's some 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 shooting yourself in the foot penalties and all that stuff like that that play into that. But 
their reputation precedes them. And the Indianapolis Colts very much played into that reputation, which is why they were still trying to push the ball, even though they still had the lead after that Tampa Bay Buccaneers takeaway and score. They still had the lead. They played like they were a team on behind, which is what happened when Carson Wentz threw up the ball. It hung up there. It basically turned into a duck and it allowed Antoine Winfield Jr., who uh, was given up about six inches to Michael Pittman Jr. to out jump and out high point the young wide receiver because uh, Michael Pittman didn't really even jump for that ball, to be quite Mossed honest with him. you. Mossed him. Oh, mossed him. Yeah, he mossed him. And uh, I mean, it was a great. I'm going to be fully, fully, full transparency here, James. I thought a flag was coming. Like, I'm watching it. He goes up, he gets the interception. I'm looking at the bottom of the screen, waiting for the yellow to come up. It never came up. I'm happy it didn't come up. That's one of those situations where it's like, eh, you know, when the, when the refs let him get a little physical and play, we're, we're happy when it turns out, uh, the, the, you know, and, and it breaks your way, sort of thing. But yeah, that's going to be my play of the game just because. It is. It's the next one. The Indianapolis Colts obviously looking to come get right, get back on track after that that takeaway from Shaq Barrett, and then they give up the touchdown. That interception right there. Then the Buccaneers come back, turn it into even more points. Twenty-one points off of those first three takeaways. It was just it was just perfect execution. Moving on from there, and then my player of the game, James, is that guy, Antoine Winfield Jr. Not just because of that interception, he made some other plays throughout the game, and just as much energy as Devin White brings to the field, James, Antoine Winfield Jr is very slowly starting to become one of those spark plugs for Todd Bowles' unit. Absolutely. And and full disclosure for our listeners, because they're going to sit there and go, wait a minute, uh, Leonard Fournette. We took Leonard Fournette off the table. Leonard very Fournette true. is very clearly the <laughs> player of the game. So neither yeah. one of us were allowed to choose Leonard Fournette. Um, yeah, Antoine Winfield Jr. had a really, really good football game. And I think the reason you didn't see a flag is because Winfield was playing the football at that point, and they were like, okay, these two guys are about to go at it for the football. We're going to let it play out because neither one's interfering with the other one when they're both going they're both for fighting. the football. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always for let them play. When it, when it's when they're fighting each other, let them play. So I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah. When both guys have their eyes up in the sky looking at the football, may the best man win. And – uh Antoine Winfield Jr. Did. did exactly that. My player of the game, I'm going with Levante David. No, yeah. he didn't lead the team in tackles, but he was all over the place. He stepped up in a huge way in the first half with Devin White missing, helping to slow down Jonathan Taylor, who under 100 yards, he only finished with 83. He finished for with under 100 total yards. He only had 14 receiving yards. Um, so... He had a phenomenal game then at the end of the game. Um, after Levante had already had a fumble recovery in the first half, there's 10 seconds left. The Colts are in a position where they can tie the game. Levante David with a huge pass breakup to force the Colts to have to throw to the end zone. They don't gain any extra yardage. It was beautiful. Levante David, my player of the game. And real quick, let's let's also remember Levante David had the punch out on Carson Wentz, I believe, right? If, if I'm not, Now, granted, the play didn't count because there was a penalty that the Buccaneers accepted. Got it. So there's technically no forced fumble on the books. But from a player standpoint, if you're Carson Wentz, you've already thrown interceptions. You've already had the strip sack. Now you know that this Buccaneers player just punched the ball loose from you again. And even if it wasn't Levante David, it's still an important part of the game. That gets into your head. Pressure is cumulative. So even though that play technically never happened, it's not like a jury in a court of law where you say, hey, you're going to pretend that never happened. That Believe me, that was in Carson Wentz's set. Absolutely. All right, David, real quick, let's get to one more voicemail before we wrap this up for the day. 
Hey guys, Leighton in Tampa after a crazy Bucks win in Indy. Hard to speak after that one, but good defensive win, I would say. They got the clutch plays when they needed to. Um, a little worried about the injuries. Thank God for the win. Hope you guys are well and go Bucks. All right, Leighton, great to hear from you. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, I mean, injuries are an issue. It was great to see Devin White come back, but they lost Jamel Dean, and they lost Ali Marpet's replacement and Aaron Stinney both early in the game. Stinney didn't come back. Shout out to Nick Leverett. He got a game ball afterwards for how hard he played. He did have the false start on uh, on what ended up being the game-winning drive, but uh, – You can blame him. Right, right. That place got loud. Like yeah. – I mean, I can only compare it to having seen games in person in Cincinnati and in Detroit, but Lucas Oil got loud. I mean, all uh, the pressure, the situation, you know, you're the third guy on the depth chart. Like, I know they always say prepare like you're starting, but come on. Right. Like, you think Ryan Griffin, I mean, Ryan Griffin probably prepares like, Ryan Griffin don't prepare like he's starting. Okay. Let's, let's just be honest. Right. Well, and Leverett week after week is a healthy scratch on game day. I write up the game day inactives and Nick Leverett is almost always on it. So for him to step in and and be able to be a part of an offensive line that that sprung Leonard Fournette for the game that he had. Well done, Nick Leverett. You get uh, on his side of the ball or his side of the line of scrimmage, too. Yeah, I say he gets the locked on Bucks game ball as well. Um, David, we've never done that before, but here we'll do it. I mean, hey, we do like blessings of the week. Now we're handing out game balls. This is this is rapidly over Leonard Fournette. <clears throat> In addition to Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette can have the golden cleats of the week. With that, David, we are out of here. Thank you to Greco, Matt, and Layton for calling in. We appreciate you. If you guys want to join in to give us a call and give us your thoughts, we're going to be back tomorrow to talk more about this game on a Takeaway Tuesday. You can do so by calling us at 813-444-5841. As always, we appreciate you guys making us your first listen or first watch every day. But now, make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding Victory Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. We thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.